And welcome back to the latest edition of the Third Line Grinders podcast. It is good to talk to you guys. It has been just around two weeks, so uh, let's check in with everybody. Cam, what's going on? Oh, I'm just preparing for uh, myself for what could be a bit of a shit show of an episode, given uh, what happened on Friday night. I know we're all really eager to get to it. I hope that that's a good enough tease to let everybody know what's going on. I'm you know, just kind of dreading that a little bit. I mean, you knew it was coming, right? <laughs> oh, I've been thinking about it since Friday night. Since what we will get to it, obviously, since it happened, I've just been thinking about, oh my God, I'm going to have to defend myself for literally doing nothing. I have nothing to do with this and I'm going to get yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one to blame. Apparently, yeah. I feel like though, as long as you don't support it, it's not necessarily yelling at you, more so the fact that he's a piece of shit. I'm going to get yelled at. Don't you worry. Something's going to happen. Don't you worry. He'll, he'll, he'll come up with some way to defend it, though. <laughs> Fucking piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those are the voices of Sona Paradian and Ethan Spaulding. What's up, guys? Hi, what's going on, guys? Nothing much. Just excited. Got a big week this week. So uh, the big 2-1 on Thursday. Oh, excited about oh. that. Oh. Uh-huh. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's scary. Oh, yeah. We can't wait to not <laughs> celebrate it. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of anticlimactic, but oh we'll, we'll have to like virtually drink together. <laughs> I'm game. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how else to do it. Plus, we wait till next year. <laughs> just That's his reaction. Pressing. <laughs> his reaction was just like, uh, "I will not speak of or, or deny that invite." <laughs> <laughs> Long as it's not in the barracks room, we're all set. <laughs> nice. Well, well, happy early, early birthday. Yes, thank you, thank you. you can, <laughs> even though we'll say it to you all on uh, Thursday. Yeah. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Also, you're rocking that nice uh, Elias Pedersen Vancouver Canucks jersey, too, that black retro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a sick jersey. Let me tell I you. I love it. Steezy. Well, uh, we do have a variety of things that we want to touch on today, and like Cam said, we might as well start with the latest and the freshest news we have possible. Uh, Friday night, Bruins Capitals was a chippy game, pretty much all game, uh, especially when, <sighs> especially when Tom Wilson decided to be Tom Wilson after he was running around trying to take Trent Frederick out. Instead, he saw Brandon Carlo up against the back end of the boards, head down, looking for the puck, and he comes right in. And the principal point of contact, I will I will say, it seems like it's more of Carlo's shoulder and then his head, but he fucking took down Brandon Carlo pretty good, and Brandon Carlo ended up leaving the game, had to get hospitalized, uh, well, taken in the ambulance to a hospital and then was released the next day. Um, no no uh, word on his timetable yet on when he is going to return, but just in general, what do you guys think of the hit? Um, I, I feel like I should just take this right out of the gate as the resident <laughs> Capitals fan. I do want to say, let me bring up my notes in my phone just so I don't forget any of the points that I want to get. Um, I will say first and foremost, um, should have been an ejection. Personally, I think it should have been an ejection right out of the way. I think the officials dropped the ball there. Um, 
I yeah, agree I with this. To, I, huh? I failed to mention that there wasn't even a fucking penalty called on the no, ice. There was the, nothing called. The I, was, I was like, that guy should be ejected like now. Yeah, I want to get Ethan's thoughts on that too. But sorry, Cam, go ahead. In, in defense of the of the officials, um, it was a pretty quick play. I get the ref is right there. I'm watching it right now. The ref was right there, and it did seem like a lot of people in the building initially wasn't weren't really sure of the hit in the moment. But we can officials can confer now to you know look at things after the fact and decide whether or not it's going to be a major or not. Again, I agree it should have been an ejection. I agree um, with the decision with the seven-game suspension. If you do the math in an 82-game season, it comes out to about 10 games. Um, So I think that that's an adequate suspension for the incident at hand. The hit itself doesn't bother me so much. However, it's the intent of Tom Wilson that bothers me. Because... When I was watching the game, I was at work and I was filling out some paperwork while I had it on in the background and I didn't see it initially. Like I, I heard it, I looked up and I went, ah, oh, shit. And then, you know, all the replays, it's just, oh, Wilson hitting Carlo directly into the boards and all that jazz. But when you really go back and watch it, I mean, Wilson on that entire shift was out there with the intent of hitting somebody. There is oh, no doubt in my mind. Um, and you can watch the video. It's everywhere. He really does line up Brandon Carlo. I would argue that, you know, there are some things about the hit that make it sort of borderline on whether or not it was truly illegal. But I, I do ultimately agree with the, with the fact that it should have been an ejection. And I do agree with the suspension. I want to get that out of the way right now. I don't deserve to be yelled at. <laughs> Where <laughs> no one's yelling at you yet. <laughs> Keyword yet. <laughs> What's that? Keyword yet. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, what? I I mean I agree with what you said, Cam. I think he should have been ejected right away. Uh, the hit was a little hard to see at first. I had to go back. Um, I have a TiVo, so I went back a couple times to look Ooh, at it. TiVo. TiVo. Yeah. Going back to 2006 with that one. I know I'm old school. What can I say? Um, but yeah, I had to go back and look at it a couple times, and it's from that angle. It was kind of hard to to see it, but it was obviously really bad hit. And the thing about Wilson is he is an aggressive player. He's I'm not really a fan. I know you are, Cam. You're what was your name for fantasy last last year? Tom Wilson fan <laughs> club. Yeah, the fans which was right. done to piss people off. I was trying to start. Oh, talk, I know, I know. I'm go just on, saying. Go but um, also, I think I have to. I want to mention the fact that he not only was in the box, what like four times after that hit, purposely like hitting other players. So yeah, he should have been ejected right away. That's my take on it. What I don't understand, and I want Ethan to try and explain it is how there is no penalty for that. I understand that the game is fast. Things happen very quickly. But, Cam, like you said, there's one ref right there. And then there's another ref in the corner, and there's another ref at the blue line, and the other ref or linesman, whatever, at the on the other side of the offensive zone. So you, so you can't tell me that they didn't see it. 
also, like, I think the rule is now you can make, like, you can, they could have called that a major and made it a minor. But once, like, but they couldn't call it a minor and make it a major. So you can only reduce the penalty as a, like, you can't add to it. Right. And the fact that the four of them got together and discussed it and still came out was like, oh, no penalty. But, but like, literally, fucking two minutes earlier, like, I think it was Charlie Coyle got a, a a slashing call and he, like, love tapped the dude on the fucking, on the shin guard. Like, the, the inconsistency in the officiating this year has been pretty fucking mind-blowing. And I know we've talked about this before, but Ethan, I, I just want your take on like why you think the refs didn't make a call, should they have made a call, and what would you have done in that situation? Um, <clears throat> all, all good questions, all good points. Um, so I, I was looking, I was just watching the, the replay again. Um, the corner that the hit happens in, right? Um... I don't see any official on the opposite side of the ice. So I can only assume that the, the, the official is literally next to the play, like to the right of it, if he that was. makes sense, if you're looking yeah. at it. Yeah. So that to me, A, says that's kind of poor positioning. You know, I know he's kind of right on top of the play, but he – Needs to be in a different angle, like across on the other side of the ice where you can kind of see it a little bit better. But I, I, I can't justify not calling a penalty on this on this play. Um you know, as as always, the the linesmen can't call penalties, but they can say, Hey, I saw this, maybe we should look at this. And the fact that they did review it and then nothing came of it, I think that's kind of mind boggling because like you said, they can call it a major and make it a minor if that's what they thought. I don't think it was a minor. I think absolutely he deserved to be ejected. You know, yeah. I think that was a really shitty, shitty hit. Um, I, yeah, no, I, I really couldn't think of what caused them to not call it anything. I, I think it's really shitty. It, I, I, it, tru- it truly just blew my mind watching it on Friday. I mean... The first thing that came to my mind when I saw that hit was if that was Ovechkin receiving that hit, what would have happened? That would have been a whole different Would have been a fucking shit storm. Yeah. The whole league would have blew up. If it was Crosby, if it was McDavid, Patrick Kane, Nate McKinnon. It's just Brandon Carlo. And don't get me wrong. Brandon Carlo's value for the Bruins back end has driven itself up a lot in the last three years especially this year with Chara being gone. He's taking on a bigger responsibility, more minutes. I think he's their, their uh, leading penalty killer uh, minutes-wise, like for defensemen besides McAvoy. And I also kind of feel bad for Brandon Carlo. There are times where I can't stand the way he plays, but this year he's he's stepping up into plays and creating offensive um, offensive plays. He's scoring sometimes. And defensively, he's usually pretty good in his own end. And every year, it seems like Brandon Carlo has to suffer some sort of injury that sets him back. And now this one I look at, and I I wonder, will he ever be the same? Because that's something you have to wonder, especially if if it's a bad concussion. It was bad enough for him to have to go to the hospital. Yeah. So what pisses me off is the fact that 
Tom Wilson got away with it in the moment without like going unscathed with no penalty and then proceeded to get into two fights and not one guy like ripped his fucking head or like smashed it off the ice when when they took him down. Tenorti now, Grant- gave him a good go. I will say oh, yeah. Tenorti gave him a oh, really yeah, good go. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know what what I what I loved the most was after the first period, before the second period started, Patrice Bergeron skates over to where he's stretching. Yeah. And Alex Ovechkin is right there, and Bergeron probably said to him something along the lines of, "You're going to pay for that, one way or another." Yeah. So just like keep your head up, watch out, and of course Tom Wilson's going to oblige to that. He's a, Tom Wilson is a is a player that if you're the G if you're a GM of a team that is like. That's gold right there. Like that is a hardworking player, a guy that never takes a shift off. Offensively, his his I'm sure you can back it up, Cam. His stats have gone up every year since he's been in the league. Good stats. Uh, he hits everything that moves, but with having that player, you have to you have to know that he's going to toe that line. So That's consequences. It's risk and reward. Yeah. For me, if Tom Wilson was on the Bruins and I saw him do that, I'd pro- I, would I call him a scumbag? Yeah, probably. Would I be as animated about it? Probably not. So I don't really blame like the Capitals fans out there, like saying, "Oh, well, there was no penalty called, so it shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been suspended." I mean, if you're saying that, then really, I don't think you've ever oh, watched hockey before. Yeah. No, that's. That's a load of that's hot garbage right there. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Exactly. <laughs> but, that's it. It's a load of shit. <laughs> but you have to look at the history that this guy's had. This is a, his fifth suspension since he's been in the league, I think, in twenty thirteen. Yeah. He's yeah. For, he's forfeited like close to two million dollars of his salary given whatever suspensions and fines he's had to do with he's had to deal with. There's also this one other thing. Um so as of March sixth of this year. So two days ago, no player in the NHL has been penalized more since Wilson entered the league in 2013. Of his 333 penalties, and this is regular season only, during that span, more than 20% have been majors at 72, which, Cam, you brought up a good point. Does that include fights? I would assume so because we know how much he gets in the scraps. Yeah. Anyway, they add up to 1,052 minutes, including 16 game misconducts two match, and two match penalties. Only three players, uh, other than only three players, Antoine Roussel, Cody McLeod, and Evander Kane have more than 700 penalty minutes. Again, these don't even figure in his postseason misbehavior, which he has a history of as well, where he got suspended during the cup finals or at least that that playoff stretch. It's absurd. So if you're, if you're an on ice official and you see, and you, you knowingly know in your head, the kind of player Tom Wilson is and the kind of history he has, and you see that play happening, you don't and you suck on your like you don't even you don't even blow your fucking whistle. Yeah. Dude, like where's your head at? It, I, I don't get it. And I, I don't again I, I, I feel terrible for Brandon Carlo because he's ha- he's been having a great year and something like this could sideline him maybe for the rest of the year. But Cam, I agree with you with what you said. Like the the number of games he got suspended is fine. I, I heard it. I heard it today on the radio. Like, it's equivalent to if this was an eighty-two game, it would be about 
it would be about 10 games. If this was an 82-game schedule, it would be about 10 games. So because it's 56, he's serving seven. That's an eighth of the season. That's a that's a heavy... That's a hefty amount. That's a heavy suspension to have to get, especially given that the Caps are second in the division and they're trying to trying to stay high. I think they've won two and two or three, maybe four in a row now. And they're a team that's trying to prove that, hey, we, With the we just won a Friday fight. night. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. But like, they're here trying to be like, hey, we're still a cup contender. We still have years of, of talent and experience on this roster. They added Char. Like, it's really only their goaltending. It's like the big question mark. But Tom Wilson is a huge part of that lineup. Yep. So, to me, I don't know. I guess my question for you guys is, is this the final straw? Like, is this when he's going to learn? Because, I trust me, like, being a Bruins no. fan, I, being a Bruins fan, like, I know Brad Marchand is a rat, and it is what it is, but he hasn't gone out and done his stupid antics and shit like that in a couple of years, and neither neither did Wilson before this incident. Cam, you're biting your finger, what? No, I was going to ask this exact same question. Is this where Tom Wilson decides to turn over a new leaf? Um, without the proper guidance within the Washington organization, no. But if the right people talk to him and enough people talk to him within the organization, I think we could see him get better at least. Listen, Ovechkin needs to step up to him and say, I would imagine that every single player in that locker room looked at him after that game and went, are you fucking kidding me? I, I Because not to mention the fact that they all knew he's going to get suspended, but the second that hit happened in that game, you all, we all knew Boston was going to wake up, and boy, did they. And I do want to talk about that a little bit with Boston's overall response, but Ovechkin needs to go to him and say, cut the shit. Brian McClellan, Peter Laviolette, they need to go to him and tell him to cut the shit. If it needs to come from Ted Leones, this, who owns the team, you, you know, because somebody needs to beat it into his head that he isn't just a goon like he's actually as you said Nick a good hockey player he produces points and if he doesn't get suspended and stays healthy he can easily be a 60 point guy I really when he's surrounded with the right people whether he's matched up with Ovechkin Backstrom Kuznetsov Oshi it doesn't matter when he's matched up with these players he produces points and he's been instrumental to this team's success uh for a few seasons now he was a big part of the cup run so everybody within that organization needs to go to him and say, not just for the sake of the safety of the players in this league, but for the success of our organization, you need to cut the shit. Because as you said, Nick, it's already a shortened season. You lose seven games of playing time because of it. That's seven games of offensive production that you could be losing from a guy who can produce good offensive numbers. It's just not the time for this type of thing. And I, I, I don't want to take away the whole... You know, I'm not going to take away the emphasis of the fact that he hurt somebody because that is the most important part. But, you know, when you're looking at it from an organizational perspective, he fucked up and the Capitals could suffer as a result. Two things. Did you guys happen to hear Peter Peter Laviolette post-game about, about the hit? I heard post-game and I heard him the next day. He, what was said? Good, Kim. So post-game, he said... Um, something to the effect of, I don't know, you know, from essentially he said, it seemed like a hockey hit to me. You know, it just seemed like a hit. 
the next day, I mean, and you know, and you can take that as okay, it's after the game. He might really not know the severity of the hit. Um, but also he could also just be playing it up like he might get suspended and I need to try to defend my guy. The next day he basically doubled down and said that it was a clean hit and essentially said like if that's not a hockey hit, then we need to get rid of hitting, which is such horseshit. And I, I like Peter Laviolette at all. I do want to say that. I, I like pe- people, pe- fuck, Peter Laviolette a lot. Um, he's been one of my favorite coaches in the league for a while. I'm happy he's the Capitals coach, but I thought that, that those comments were asinine. At least the second one was. Stupid. How fucking stupid are you? If, this, if, if the roles were reversed, would Peter Laviolette came out and said, oh, it was a hockey hit. Clean hockey hit. I mean, no, you, absolutely you... not. But it's like Greg Berube in the 2019 Stanley Cup final with you know the missed, the blown call in Game Five that essentially wins St. Louis the game, and then a game later he's like, "Oh, I'm not going to complain about calls, or I'm not going to you know right. question officiating or whatever it was." Right. So, whatever. But like Peter Laviolette, Peter Laviolette has a, a history of having players play un, like in his playing career and playing under him that have done things like this multiple times and you know obviously he's going to come out and he's going to stick up for his for his guy like you said and for his team but don't be fucking stupid like that's stupid you know that it was a bad hit that it return it um injured the guy too and it's a loss for your team like how do you how can you not just come out and be like yeah you know it was a tough hit um didn't didn't know the severity of it at the time but you know, we hope we hope Carlo's okay, and you know, Willie's going to have to deal with the suspension. And and the other thing I wanted to say, when you say that somebody within the organization or multiple people need to talk to Tom Wilson, I wonder if Zdeno Char went up to him and goes, "Hey, uh, that was my D partner for the last uh, four years." Yeah, he probably he probably did say I- something. You think that was a good idea, there, Tom? It's a fair point. Because that was a scumbag yeah. hit. It was a scumbag hit, a scumbag play. What are you doing? We're here trying to... Uh, I, this is my first game back at the TD Garden playing for you guys. I want to fucking win this game. Yeah, and Ovechkin, too. Like, Don't get me wrong. Like, Ovi is a good leader in his own way. But I don't think Ovech, like Ovechkin doesn't have much of a leg to stand on when it comes to playing clean and... And not and you know not having uh, somewhat dirty hits because Ovechkin has his fair share too, and he I'm sure he enjoys the way that Tom Wilson plays and likes being his teammate because he knows that hey if if I'm gonna be out here hitting that hitting guys left and right Wilson's gonna have my back when it comes to fighting because I don't want to I don't want to drop him I just want to fucking slash dudes in the balls I just want to I fucking saw that that was horrible that was, that was so dumb I I will so agree cool. that that was a horrible play. But there's no way Ove- Ovechkin knows he can't drop the gloves in that situation. We've seen him drop the gloves before. He could kick the shit out of people. Oh I, yeah. I'm not but... defending the fact that he slashed a dude in the nuts. I'm just saying he knows he can't come off the ice for five minutes but, there. But that's where I think Ovechkin lacks that leadership because he doesn't really have a leg to stand on. Literally two nights, uh, two nights before he two-handed Trent Frederick, a rookie, in the fucking balls. Yeah. Like, because like what? Oh. I think it's, I think it's going to have to be like Cam, like you said, the entire team chipping in to say like, listen, you need to like get your shit straight. 
um, you know, go to the top, the GMs, the whoever it is to get it through Wilson's head that this is not acceptable. Like you can't keep doing this shit. But I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if he'll learn his lesson because I think I hate to say this, but I think after he comes back, he's going to do the same exact shit that he's doing. And Bergeron came out after the game and said, it's it's not up to the league or the referees. It's up to us, the players, to to like get these hits out of the game. We're the ones playing. We're the ones yeah. doing the hitting. So it's up to us collectively as a as a players union as a group to agree, hey, if a dude is in the corner with his head down, maybe don't don't take six strides and hit him up high. Yeah. I mean it and Bergeron's one to to speak up and say that. I mean, we know the hit that Randy Jones gave him, and we've seen a lot less, you know, hits from behind over the years because of multiple incidents like that. But to me, it's just a it's a scumbag. It was a scumbag play. I mean, that's all. That's the best way I can describe it, in my opinion. Is that's that's what it was. It was a scumbag play. It could have been avoided. But I'm also not surprised because it's Tom Wilson and I know the kind of energy and the edge that he plays with and lives on. So that's how I feel about it. I do want to talk about the Bruins uh, as a team on Friday night. If anybody has anything that they want to touch on before, you know, with Tom Wilson, before we move on to that. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the kind of response that you want to see out of a team. Yeah. I mean, it's what was it a scoreless game in the first and then that hit happens and then i think it was one nothing with the first marshan goal at that point okay and then you know the Bru- like shortly after the fight the bruins go down they they get a goal and Patrice bergeron skates over to the the penalty box and taps his stick on the penalty box where tenorti's sitting after he dropped the gloves with wilson like hey that was because of you like you got this ball rolling, like, let's keep it going. Like, hey, welcome to the team. You're officially part of the team. And then things just, it, the Bruins just took off. And, I mean, that's something that, as a Bruins fan, like me watching that, I'm like, okay, this team gets it. They're a tight group. Uh, they stick up for each other. They have each other's backs. Like, it's team. Like, all in on team. There's no I in team. And, to me, it made me feel good, and then you know, last night happened, and I gotta watch that fucking one nothing dud to New Jersey. Oh but, God, don't even bring that one up. I, but no, I mean, unreal response on Friday. I, I, I didn't really ex- expect it. I knew that somebody was gonna go after Wilson, and I figured it would be either Tenorti. I'm like, you know, this is a great spot for Tenorti, a new guy, his second game with the team, like perfect spot for him to go in and. And be like, hey, I'm I'm on this ride with you guys. Um, yeah, so just a, a great response by the team, and something I I love to see. And I think if if it were the Lightning or the Oilers or the Caps, and, and the situation was reversed, it's, you guys would all feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. I want to just mention that I I wish that I could have felt more excitement about it because I am such a eunuch watching those two teams play against each other. It's just. There's no stimulation and there's no prospect of stimulation for me watching the Capitals play the Bruins. But, and I, I said to my coworker, Jeff, uh, after the incident with Tom Wilson and Carlo, I said, the Bruins are going to light the Capitals up after this. 
whether it's on the scoreboard or just playing a physical game, they're going to light the Capitals up. I don't know that I was necessarily expecting it to be a five to one route um, where they Bruins scored four unanswered goals after that hit. But um, I do just want to mention that I don't in any way, because the thing is Bruins fans after that game, not just with the hit, but with the win in general became borderline insufferable to me. And with the hit, I get it. But when it came to the win, I saw way too many Bruins fans being like, this is it. This is the turning point. We're going to the top of the Atlantic and all this, or the East division and all this stuff. And I was kind of like, um, no, you're not. I think there's still a good chance. There's still not a good chance, but there is a chance that this team doesn't make the playoffs a chance because it is such a competitive division. But the win on Friday to me was never a statement win. A lot of people I read, I kept reading statement win. It was a statement win to cement their place in the East Division. To me, it was never a statement win. It was a reactionary win. Something happened in the game. We saw a fantastic reaction from the team, as Nick outlined. Also, I loved Bergeron in this game and arguably the most important game of his captaincy to this point. But, um, and I just never saw this as a statement win. It was a reactionary win to an unfortunate incident in said game. And I think that that was proven by that absolute snoozer of a game yesterday. Like yeah, the, the, I, this division still wide you. open is what I'm saying. I mean, the cap, the cap still own the bees ass. Yeah. Yeah, like, of course they do. You put those two in a seven game series, the caps could win in five. It is what it, it's, it's just a fact. It's, I agree. Especially if they still have Braden Holtby, because Braden Holtby owned the Bruins for his whole career. But uh, sorry, Sony, go ahead. No, I was just I was agreeing with Cam and just saying that it was the reaction to what happened that Friday. It wasn't I don't think it was anything to do with like positioning of of points and stuff, uh, like the reactions and stuff. But I think the Friday game after after that hit happened was when we kicked in gear basically and kind of served them up in a platter. Um, but I, no, I agree with you, Cam, on that aspect. Um, something though that did happen in that game that was at least positive for the Capitals, uh, Nicholas Backstrom earned his 700th career assist, all 700 of them with, uh, the Washington Capitals. He became the first Washington Capital to do that. Uh, just your guys' thoughts on Nick Backstrom as a whole, as a, as a leader and you know, probably as a, on his hall of fame career. I've said it once. I've probably said it twice and I'm going to say it again. I, I've always thought Nick Backstrom is, is arguably the most underrated player in the national hockey league in his time in the NHL. And just, you don't see enough people talk about him and give him the props he deserves. And, and everybody remembers the 2018 cup as the, the one that, you know, where Ovi finally got to lift the cup. I mean, I I had similar feelings for Backstrom in that instance. He's a he's a huge contributor to that team, and uh, certainly a, in my mind a Hall of Famer. Definitely a, a number retirement in the future for the Capitals. I mean, oh, the guy's sure. legit. He always has been. Yeah, agreed. But Backstrom, re- yeah, seven hundred career assists. That's pretty. That's pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nasty. Yeah, yeah it's no incredible. Sure. Um, I don't even know who's close to that. Well, so I have some here. So the Caps now have both a 700 goal scorer in Ovechkin, obviously, 
and a 700 assist player on the roster. Um, and then Backstrom now sits just 13 assists from tying Daniel Alfredson and cracking the top 50 assist leaders of all time. He is one of only three active players with 700 assists and the fifth Swedish player to hit that mark. Incredible. That's absolutely incredible. I mean, certainly helps playing with uh, Ovechkin for your whole career too. Yeah. But, I mean, all of his teammates come out and say that, like you said, Cam, he's the most underrated, underappreciated center in the league, and that guy would rather pass the puck 11 times out of 10 and get an assist than have to worry about scoring a goal on his own. Certainly, certainly an extremely selfless player. Yes, for sure, no doubt. Ethan, you all right over there, bud? Yeah, no, I, I was just letting you guys talk. I was kind of just looking at, at Backstrom's stats. Um, yeah, he's he's a really, really good player that people just don't talk about. You know, he had, with the exception of a couple seasons, you know, he's posted up 60-plus points in almost every season, and it's it kind of goes to show, I, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, seven, 700 assists, that's definitely not something to, to scoff at. I don't, I don't know what you're you're smiling over there, Ken. <laughs> Just your great analysis, Ethan. Thank you so hey, much. Hey, you know that's 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 what I'm here for. I'm I'm sorry. I try to, I try to contribute when I can, um, and I also try to just kind of fluff when I can as well. So that's what I do. <laughs> we like the fluff. <laughs> I was also kind of I was also kind of thinking back to um, the game that happened on Sunday, but we can get to that. Um, when we're go ready to talk about our teams, go no, go for it. Okay. Uh, well, on Sunday, so just kind of, it kind of. Are you talking? It about made me remember. It made me remember the, when we were talking about the Tom Wilson. Yeah, the Lightning game when we were talking about Tom Wilson's hit. Right. Um, it kind of reminded me. I can't believe I forgot about it. But Connor Murphy, uh, the yeah. Chicago playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. Uh, received a, a match penalty for a high hit to the head of uh, I think it was Eric Cernak, and that was. Mind well, I don't. I don't know what, if he's gotten suspended or if he's gotten fined yet. But I haven't. My God, yeah, I haven't seen anything. anything yet. But um, which is kind of wild to me because if you look at if you look at the replay, or if you watch the replay, he hits him right right in the fucking chin. Like it was, he came down. Uh, Cernak wasn't really paying attention because the puck was behind the net or whatever. He got him right in the chin. Um, but talk about a a comeback, you know, like getting a hard hit and then coming back to. Lightning were down. I think it was like three to nothing or something like that. Then Cernak got hit. Lightning rallied around it. Fucking came back, won six to three. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I think all around. Yeah, Nick. Earlier you made a point that the players need to do a lot better at recognizing. Hey, maybe we shouldn't be making these hits. Maybe we should be a lot more co uh, conscious about or, or cognitive about what we're doing, you know, be a little bit more careful aware. with, yeah, aware. That's, I don't know why I couldn't think of that word of, of our bodies <laughs> and just how we fucking check people. Um, but also I, I don't think that um, you can necessarily take blame off of the officials. Now I know the officials can't control uh, other players and how they, how they hit people. But if you fucking get it from the get go, if you, call these these types of hits really tight and consistent and like hey we're gonna give you a fucking major we're gonna give you a match we're gonna give you these these high 
high high targeted penalties. He's high infraction. I don't know. I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but if you keep acting this way, you're gonna get your consequences are just gonna get greater. So either fix your game or or leave, kind of thing. Um, but the officials need to do a lot better at being more consistent. And I know that's kind of a kind of wishful thinking, but in a perfect world, they'd be able to see everything. Obviously, they can't, but that's no excuse to really fall back on every single time. Fucking nut up and own your shit. Yeah, they're just lousy this season. Yeah, all, all the calls and like things that they're missing that they should make calls for. It's it's yeah, it's horrible this season. I don't know why, but it's just been so inconsistent. Like, like I feel like in every. At least in, like, even the game that's on right now, Minnesota and Vegas, I've seen, like, six dudes go to the box, it feels like, already. And it's... Well, also, a Vegas player just hobbled out, and I don't... He got hit hard, but no penalty was called. Yeah, and, and oh. it seems like in almost every, like, Bruins game that I watch, like, either the Bruins or the other team that they play against, like, somebody... Some soft call is made, and then it's like, okay, so is that the threshold, like... And then the refs either abide to it and they're blowing their whistle every five minutes for stuff, or they're just like, oh no, we just fucked up on that one. Like, and then it's just a fucking free for all. See, yeah, this is where my issue with officiating comes into play. Issue is a strong word, but it's like, if you're gonna, you just, the consistency is key. If you're gonna let the boys play and they're not gonna call anything, then don't call anything. And if you're gonna call everything, then call everything. Just don't be wishy washy with it. You know, yeah, I mean, like, if you're if you're letting calls go in the first period, I don't want you calling those same penalties that should have been called in the third. Is basically what basically what I'm saying, and vice versa. See, I I agree, but I also have to disagree because if you, as an official, you realize that oh shit, you know, I backed myself into a corner without calling these types of penalties, and the game starts to get out of control, you do have to rein in, and unfortunately, you do fuck yourself, but you do have to kind of lay down the people's elbow and start throwing penalties out there. And I know I know that's really shitty because that totally fucks up the dynamic of the game. But as an official, it's it's always best to start the game tight and not how how do I explain this? Not not necessarily let people get away with or let players get away with more than they should. You know, it it I understand don't call everything because that would just that just takes the 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 sense out of hockey. The sense out of hockey that doesn't make sense. The fucking the dynamic out of hockey that just doesn't make sense to me. But I think yeah, but if they need to call like the big major things and not yes, they absolutely need to a, yeah versus a stupid slashing call that doesn't even absolutely is, need to make a more a, a better emphasis on those. Um, those types of dangerous penalties, those types of um, potentially career-ending types of penalties, you know, hits to the heads, uh, spearings, um, I don't know, slew footing. I, there was a slew foot the other night in the Oilers game in front of the net, um, which didn't really look bad, but, you know, it's one of those penalties where you could have... One of the most dangerous things you can yeah, do. To yeah, you yeah. absolutely could have fucked somebody's career with that. Um, I, I don't know if there was a, if there was a penalty called on that. I don't think there was, but 
I I would much rather um, an official recognize that he's or she uh, isn't doing well and then correct their their gameplay in the middle of the game than to just let all let things just go to hell. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I got you. Oh, sorry. Have you guys also noticed how, um, I think it was a couple games ago when they've been doing a lot of reviews on goals and some of the play-by-play announcers are saying, like, I don't even know what they're reviewing. Have you guys noticed that recently? Not completely. Not in the NHL. In the Premier League, I certainly have, but no one wants to hear about that. Um, I I mean, I saw it two two games ago where the play-by-play announcers were like, I don't understand what the hell they're reviewing and they like stop the game for a good five minutes yeah i I can't say off the top of my head like remembering that but i'm also not surprised just given how much we've talked about the inconsistency and the and the officiating and stuff it just i don't know i don't know if part of it is because these guys are like most of these crews they they're kind of doing it in like a series way like so, like, the the officiating crew that the Bruins and the Capitals had in their first game was the same crew that they had on Friday night. And, like, you know, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. So, like, they're not, like, rotating in and out, seeing all different players and teams. It's all based off whatever region they're in. So, I wonder if maybe that has something to do with it. I, it's very possible. But I, but I would like to think that if you're – in a position where um, you are region-based in terms of games assigned to you, then, you know, halfway through the season or just about halfway through the season, you should recognize that, okay, X player kind of plays a little bit or has been playing a little bit chippy or hasn't been playing uh, the cleanest. Maybe let's keep an eye on him. Or or I I can read and I, can, I have a hockey sense to understand that this play or I anticipate um, – potentially uh, a situation that would put somebody in a position to make um, a penalty, commit an infraction of of sorts. But um, also, I guess, devil's advocate, shoot myself in the own foot, but maybe officiating on anticipation isn't the best strategy, isn't the best form of officiating, because I think that gets you in the habit of wanting to call things that aren't there and that that could really fuck you. I don't think it's about officiating off of anticipation. I think it's just, you need to have the, the awareness. Yeah. And I would think too, like if, if you're constantly doing like all these teams, like you said, Liam, like uh, 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 Liam, Liam. wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's cause it's, my friend Liam that uh, lives in the same apartment complex as me, I was just like at the grill cooking with him like two hours ago. I went to the gym with him and he was like, oh, dude, when are you going to get me on the podcast? I'm like, what are you going to talk about? All you know is basketball. <laughs> oh, no. He's winning yesterday? Like, you're an idiot. <laughs> so, Ethan, like, what you're saying though, like, by like the halfway point, not only should you know what play, which players are doing what, but you should also know like how the teams play. Yes, some teams, some teams are going to be heavier. Some teams 
are going to be a little more uh, conservative. Like some teams are going to, I don't know, be a lot more aggressive. So it's like you, should, they, you would think that they would know that going in, but then, you know, on second hand, they also probably look at it as every, every night that, that we're on the ice doing our job gives us an opportunity to see something we've never seen before. So that's, they probably have to go in with like that, that yeah. open-mindedness, but every game's different, but also you, you will have some similarities, especially with teams that have to constantly play each other because right. they can't branch out um, to different divisions and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, 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 I really yeah. want to as, as an official and as, as a hockey fan, I want that officiating to get better. And I'm sure everybody does. Um, yeah. God, I, I just, I don't Will know. Though, I, I, I like, it. I, that's, that's the thing. Like I, I want it to get better, but I don't really see it getting better anytime soon. Cause I understand that after the games, you know, they have their equivalent to like a crew chief in baseball. Um, their head guy get together with, with the, with the referees and be like, all right, this is what happened this game. This is what we, you know, need to look out. This is what we need to work on. Like, come on, guys. Like, what happened with this play? What happened here? Like, what was going through your head? And I, I'm sure that's kind of scrutinizing and it's kind of, I don't want to say unfair, but, like, it's your job. Like, that's what you you get paid to do. You need to do better. I agree. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think we've done enough uh, officiating talk for <laughs> for a couple <laughs> weeks now. <laughs> but, no, I mean, it, all, all, all good. And it's good to it's good to talk about because you know there there could be things that we talk about here that somebody listens to that they never realize and we point them in that direction to to be more aware of it. So step one for that scenario: get listeners. True. <laughs> Ouch. <Yes. laughs> well, we we have it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we have some. We've got listeners. We know you're out there listening. I'm just pulling <laughs> your legs. Um. One other thing that we wanted to discuss, uh, Patrick Kane scored his 400th career uh, goal the other night, um, thus making him uh, the fourth player in team history to score 400 goals for Chicago, joining Hall of Famers of, uh, here are some names for you, Bobby Hall, Stan Makita, and Steve Larmer. He also became the... 100th player in the in NHL history, 10th active player, and 9th American-born player to reach that mark. Um, That's why. That happened, what, Wednesday or Thursday? I don't want to be wrong. I want to say it was Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. I, I think it was, yeah, I think it was Wednesday. Um, but, I mean, I posed the question on the, on the show sheet, and this is just in your opinion, but is Patrick Kane the best American player to ever play in the NHL? Um, before I even answer the question, he's also one game away from his 1000th career game. So good on him there as well. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely think he's the best American to play in the national hockey league, at least up to this point. Yes. And that's coming from a guy who isn't a huge fan of Patrick Kane. Just want to make that clear too. Sorry to cut you off, Ethan. No, you're, you're fine. You're fine. I think the only other name that kind of pops into my head in terms of I guess older American players that I think did well was Mike Madano 
don't know that that lane kind of just pokes in my head. I don't know. I don't know if he he did as as well, but I just kind of sticks in my head. But I think Patrick Kane definitely is. He's up there for sure. Arguably yeah. the best. Yeah. Yeah. American. I would say, given our generation, yes, like who we've been able to see represent the United States and play in the NHL. Yes, I think he's the best to do it. What I do think could happen, though, if he can stay healthy, is that maybe Austin Matthews becomes the best American hockey player we ever get to see play. Maybe he doesn't do it in Stanley Cup wins. Hopefully he doesn't. Uh, unless you he's, know how much you love him. Unless he's with the Bruins. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, uh, Patrick Kane is, one of, is a generational type talent uh in the playoffs he's dynamite he's money he's unreal um yeah and obviously he's been a part of three stanley cup champion teams with the chicago blackhawks and this year he's just he's he's put the team on his back and with jonathan taze being out um he's leading the team in i believe in in all three categories if not two of them and without patrick kane in that organization you know the Chicago has no sniff of even being in the playoffs, and currently they sit. Uh, where did I go? Oh, no. I lost it. Oh, anyway. boy. Um, Chicago oh, they, Blackhawks are fourth. Oh, yeah. They're, so the, right now they're in a playoff spot. So yeah. without Patrick Kane over there, um, you know, I, don't think they're, I don't think they're much of anything, but – Hats off to Patrick Kane. Congratulations. I'm pretty sure he said after after the game when he did that accomplishment, he just said, just makes me hungry for more. It makes me want to score more. So who knows? That's, maybe the, that's see, the right attitude. Maybe we get to see him hit 500, 600. Who knows? Um, but, Cam, you did mention that he's going to play in his thousand, his thousandth game. Um, yeah. Ethan will just hit that, hit that milestone. Uh, over the weekend, I believe it was on Sunday, he played in his thousandth game. Uh, obviously, we've talked about Keith a good amount uh, with his with his Iron Man streak and everything. He's just a he's an absolute house. He's an animal. Like he's a machine. So, uh, congratulations also to Keith Yandel on a thousand games. Hopefully, that Iron Man streak just stays intact and he can go for as long as he can, as long as he wants. Um, um, before we get too far away from Patrick, from the Patrick Kane discussion, I did like the mention of Mike Madonna from Ethan, but just to throw uh, an American defenseman in there, I did want to throw in Chris Chelios as well. I was going oh. to say Chris think about Chelios him. and uh, Keith Kachuk too. Yeah, absolutely. Keith Kachuk. Yep. But like I said, I mean, guys that we didn't really get to see play all that much. Right. Um. I just wanted to throw in one more thing about the Bruins. Like I should have done this earlier, but uh, they still can't score. Like they still don't have much secondary scoring, uh, and it's really starting to piss me off. Especially a guy Jake DeBrusque, who you took in that draft, and we all know the draft bars all Connor. You know, shit ton of guys that that the Bruins could have taken and they didn't. Um, so I don't know what it's going to take. I, I think you can only shuffle up these lines so much where nothing, just nothing, like nothing's going to change. Like you have to make a big change and that's 
going out and making a trade somewhere. And now with Carlo hurt and Miller's been hurt, um, you know, your back end is suffering and you need to improve it. So just from what I've just from reading and listening and things that people have said, it sounds like a lot of guys, a lot of people see the bees going to Nashville and going after one of their defensemen they have on the back end there, Matthias Ekholm being, it seems like the most favorable one so far. Uh, Ekholm's a good player, but I don't, I think he might, it might be a little too late. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm just sick and tired of watching Jake DeBrus play and not do anything. So, and they all, and Bob McKenzie also mentioned uh, last week that the Bruins were open to bringing back Tuca and Yaro Halak. Uh, both their deals expire at the end of this year. So, I think they will for sure. I don't, I don't hate it. I could see Rass signing like a two, maybe three year deal. I just hope that he takes a little bit of a pay cut just to give the team more flexibility when it comes to the cap. But those are just some things I just wanted to say. So we can we can discuss some more when Jake DeBrus goes fucking with one goal in fucking 17 games or something by the next time we record. But uh, we also did want to mention, uh, unfortunately, the great one, Wayne Gretzky, his, uh, probably in his eyes, the great one in his life, uh, his father passed away. Uh, this past week, so we just wanted to send our best wishes out to the Gretzky rest family in and uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Walter. Thanks for giving us the greatest hockey player ever. Yeah, no kidding. Seriously. No <laughs> thanks, for ge- thanks for providing those genes to the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, other than that, should we go to Puckin' Around? Ciao. Let's puck around. Fuck around. Quit fucking around. Oh, fuck you. No, hey, fuck you. Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Guys, stop fucking around. Oh, yeah. You know what time it is. Let's <laughs> fuck around a little bit. Uh, since it is International Women's Day. Ooh. <laughs> Cam, you get to go first. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I, I thought I had es- had escaped all the massive douches that I thought I was going to get this episode. And then that dagger to the heart right before the end. Thanks, Ethan. Good job, Ethan. <laughs> Good one. Well, in that, in that case, uh, Sonic, you can choose. Would you, you choose the order on who gets to ask your questions. You can go first. You can go last. Well, now, now I kind of want Cam to go first. <laughs> Here you go. Go well, for it, Cam. <laughs> um my question is a little uh i don't know if it's i don't know it's it's not super exciting but um i was listening to the radio today and they were kind of talking about the the way the divisions have been aligned this year and the way the scheduling has been aligned with a lot of the back-to-backs and obviously playing the same teams over and over again i just wanted uh a quick review from each of you for how you feel about how the schedule has been aligned so far with all these back-to-backs and playing the same teams confined within a division. If you could give me a brief review of how you feel about each, uh, about how you, how you feel about how it's been aligned to this year. That would be interesting. I think. Um, for me, it's, I'm, I'm still confused to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. Like you look at, 
Why are you laughing? I just think that it's pretty fucking funny for this show for for at least one of us to still not understand how something works. You <laughs> know what? It's in. me then because it, the the whole division's just. I mean, I'm trying to get the aspect of it, like who who plays what team, how many times, and the you know postponements and all that stuff. But I always like when a Bruins player is playing a, a team that like not they normally don't. I just I get like so confused, and I'm like, oh wait. We're not in a regular season. So yeah, I get confused, but I mean, I don't know if anyone else is like that. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> I think that's a you problem. I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> all right. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, I, I personally, I, I kind of go up in the air with this because I like the, the back-to-back games against different or against the same team. Rather. I think it's funny. Kind of, it's kind of like baseball a little bit. Um, and I think by that, that second or third game, depending upon how those first two games went, you could have a really, really good game on your hands. Um, but also at the same time, I do appreciate seeing teams being able to play a lot more of a variety of different teams because there's a lot of skill to go around the league that definitely does better playing against other teams. I have no problem with it. I think it's actually benefited the league a little bit because you do get that mix of like original six teams. You do get that all Canadian division, which I think is the best, like probably one of the best ideas the NHL has ever done because you're just taking all these major markets in Canada that are so hockey crazed and forcing them to play each other nine, eight, ten times a year and you create these rivalries and all that good stuff. Um, and I think too, like the NHL wants to have like less travel just because it just makes more sense to get in, like to not override the travel for these players because it is a lot, especially if you're, you're living on the East coast or on the West coast and you have to go to either coast for, a six game road trip it's like yeah they're, they're gonna have their fun and stuff but also it's a, it takes a toll on them you know physically and mentally too my only problem with it is i like me as a as a fan i liked when they decided all right every team's gonna play each other twice one in each building i think that's good exposure for the game like yeah. i i should be able to buy a ticket to go see to connor mcdavid come to boston and play you know what I mean? That's the only thing yeah. that I miss. But I like how this year the divisions it allows for rivalries to be either be reignited or established. Perfect. Um, I'll keep mine pretty short. Um, I'm okay with how the divisions have been aligned this year. I really enjoy the back-to-back like little mini-series that we get. Ethan, we saw a lot of that when we were working for the Northeast Generals, the way that we did. Would- play each other two, three times in a weekend. And it was great because it just added so much intensity to every game. Uh, it's the same sort of thing here. And I love that. I, I do have to say, I also agree with Ethan. I think that it does get a little bit stale, um, you know, seeing, you know, being confined to one division. And like you said, Nick, not being able to see the Connor McDavid's and, and the whoever come to Boston. It, and it's just, that is 
grown old to me, but I do like the the back-to-backs. And I used to not be a fan of back-to-backs in the NHL, but this year has certainly changed my mind on that. All right. Uh, Sonic, who's next? I guess I'll go next. Um, okay, so for your individual teams, if you could pick any player from any team to play on yours, who would it be? Uh, McDavid. <sighs> Bring David in the black and gold. <laughs> I would. <sighs> I got a timestamp to make sure that I remember to cut out all this dead air. This is brutal. <laughs> Ethan, you got one, buddy. <laughs> I I already have the greatest players in the world on my team, so I don't want to add anybody. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Um, I know it sounds a, a little odd, but I, I think it'd be really interesting if, if Jumbo Joe came to Tampa, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, it could be. I mean, yeah, the guys would probably have a lot of fun. I, I think it would be a, a good, a good chemistry thing for the team. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be fun. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Maybe he'll uh, leave Toronto and go to Tampa. We could be like the NBA. Oh, I won't play there, so I'm going to go there. NBA sucks. I hate basketball. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't like it. Sorry. Cam, you still thinking? No, I got one. I mean, I would just take any top-rung goaltender right now, like a Peter Mraz, like just a guy who's playing really great hockey right now. Uh, between the pipes. I think the Capitals, I mean, Nick kind of mentioned earlier, I mean, it has been a bit of a, you know, a question mark for the Capitals all season. Obviously, Ilya Samsonov missing you know, over 10 games was a big thing, and he just got to get back in between the pipes again, you know, against Boston, uh, getting pulled, or no, coming in after Vanacek got pulled, and then he started against Philadelphia yesterday and looked pretty good at the end of the day but I think that that is still their biggest question mark so if I could get a guy like Peter Morozik who's just a hot goaltender right now I think that that could be substantial for the Capitals I just didn't want to say McDavid again <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'll, I'll just say Dreisaitl then <laughs> oh cheater what you said Connor McDavid please I mean all right okay but hold on are you representing the Oilers no uh Oh, you Bruins. always talk about the Oilers are like your team, so well, yeah, they're no Bruins are my team. You know. <laughs> okay, well, if I, if it wasn't Connor McDavid, I'd want Mitch Marner. Good pick, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh... Um, Ethan. Okay, uh, my question is kind of a fun question. It's a Ooh. it's a fun question. So I'm thinking, marketing standpoint, right? Oh, if you if you could could put out a a commercial campaign with one one player for for one one thing, what would it be, and who would it be? Uh, they already did mine. <laughs> Why? What's yours? <laughs> it's the Canadian Kit Kat uh, Chunky commercial. <laughs> Who's it? Uh, uh, what's it, it's weird because um. It's a San Jose Shark player who does it. Oh, now I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I'll think of his name. Uh, anyway, no idea what you're talking about. Have you, you haven't seen the Kit Kat Chunky commercials? No. Oh, every time I watch Canadian 
um, the Canadian teams play. It's on it's Canadian television. Only, yeah, it's probably only a Canadian market thing. Yeah, so every time I'm like, oh my god, Kit Kat Chunky, I actually want it, but then it's not sold in the U.S. So yeah, but that's not I, I, that's that's been already done. So now I have to think about one. Uh, I would do. I'd want like David Poshnok to do like a marketing campaign for pasta. Like a like and not Dunkin' Donuts. Like yeah, like oh fucking seriously. Like oh yeah, this this Dave Postnock, this the best chicken palm and uh, uh, and I love the pasta. Like I love a bolognese. I love a bolognese. <laughs> chicken Alfredo is my favorite. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it would be for like a restaurant or just for like Prince, like the pasta company. But I would choose. I would choose him. Um, for me, I would do a Brad Brad Marchand or a Brad Marchand type player for pest control. For pest yep. control, okay. Well, I'm gonna go with, and this is kind of wild, but I'm gonna go with Evander Kane for some sort of protein supplement that you'd have to go to the gym. <laughs> and then Ryan Reeves can come out with one too, and they can be a rivalry in that as well. Perfect. I kind of want to see someone do one for like Yankee Candle. Oh, just something so like relaxing and subdued. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what player, but like just someone can be like, oh, the smell of balsam fur. Like <laughs> crazy like fourth liner from some team that's just like a nutbag. Yeah. I, think I don't know why the, the person who pops into my head for, oh, nutbag, not necessarily, but I feel like it's got to be kind of like a, not a pushover, but, but somebody who's kind of soft like that for that kind of commercial. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who, but I, I don't know. Um, the fuck was his name? The kid who played for Boston who went to Harvard. Um, I was going to say, uh, oh, Ryan Donato? Yeah, I think he would do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or maybe like Timo Meyer or something. So I would see that. Meyer. I don't know. He seems like he would be like a little shy. <laughs> a little shy. That's a way know. of saying that he that he's a pushover. That he's soft. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the guy. <laughs> Is he a simp too? You said it, not me. <laughs> also, can somebody explain to me what a simp is? Okay, a simp. It's it's the most uh, miss used word on social media probably a simp is basically like so, like typically a guy but it's basically somebody who will like go out of their way to do things for a woman that they want to be with in whatever way so like they'll buy things for them they'll give them money they'll always be the words of affirmation you know pussy whip um <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically uh, but a lot of people just think like, oh, you gave a girl a compliment. You're a simp. Like, it's just used incorrectly most of the time. Okay. All right. Nick, you're the last one. Go for it. Um, mine's a two-parter. Uh, first part, would you rather score more goals in the NHL or more assists in the NHL? Okay, wait, wait. Let me rephrase that. Would you rather have more assists and one Stanley Cup in the NHL, would you rather have more goals and 
no Stanley Cup in the NHL. More assists in one Stanley Cup. Winning is everything to me. So um, I am going to say assists, but not because winning is everything to me, but because I like to be a playmaker. I like to help my team. Oh, look at that. I mean, it takes a team to win a cup, so. Winning's not everything, Cam. To me, it is. In his eyes, it is. <laughs> uh, I would do assists in Stanley Cup, too. All right, I guess that was a stupid question because I do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my last question is, are you – like, obviously I know we have none of us have ever played in the NHL or anything like that, but, like, we all know that NHL players, they tend to take pregame naps. Would Are you guys, like, a napper? Like, could you – like, would you be able to – Lay down in bed and nap for two hours before going to play a professional sport. I wouldn't. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Because I, I can't. Know... I can't even nap normally. No, I, I haven't taken a nap in years. <laughs> yeah. So I know I'm the type of person where if I fall asleep for an hour, half an hour, two hours, some small sort of time frame, I wake up. I'm just gonna feel so lethargic and yep. just. I don't want to do anything. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't nap. I couldn't nap to save my life anyway. But for playing in a professional game, no, nah, I'd probably just be in the bathroom throwing up or something. I'd be like <laughs> so nervous. I can see that. One of my teammates used to do that all the time before he'd play uh, against a specific team. I think it was Grafton. He'd always just throw up in the trash. Mm, There's that, man. Yeah, I think I would just like listen to music the entire time and just zone myself out. Okay, well, that's my question. Cool. <laughs> Rock on. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> All right, well, uh, it's been real, uh, real fun, uh, real cap and uh, officiating heavy, but that's okay. As long as, uh, as long as we get our five listeners to listen to us, that's all that matters. Jesus, we're not that low. <laughs> we're not that bad. Come on now. <laughs> Just be sure to like, share, subscribe, pass it along. And we are going to get these episodes uh, a bit shorter too, like we mentioned before we started this show. So just because we we don't want to take up too much of your time unless you're willing to listen to us babble for forever because we could talk forever. That's right. And we're, we're going to try to make the episode shorter. We're sort of talking about maybe trying to do more episodes in general. We don't know if that's going to happen, but we're going to do our darndest to provide you with the best hockey content on the web. And you can find our content information or con, um, contact information down in the description below. So if you want to reach out to us for business inquiries or some kind of fan email, you can find the emails down below. Yes, sir. Thanks for tuning in. Ethan, I'm working on it. Ethan, have a uh, parting words? Yeah, I mean, we can make decisions, but obviously we do this for you guys. So if you have any contribution, let us know. Let us know what you think. Hit us up. Deadline Grinders. Uh, make sure everybody pours, pours a drink for uh, Ethan Spalding on Thursday, too. Oh, that's not, right. Not just us three, like everybody listening, too. Everybody, pour yourself a shot. So are we all at actually going to drink on Thursday, or what? <laughs> at what time? At what time do you want us to to drink for you, Ethan? Uh, t- technically, <laughs> I was technically I was born at ten thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs>
I can do that. All right. I'll be home. 10.30 it is. <laughs> I expect a Snapchat from every one of you, and Sony, you can put it in the Facebook group chat. Got it. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end it. We'll talk to you guys uh, next week or something like that. No, yeah, next week or later this week, something like that. Have a good week, everybody. Adios. Goodbye. See ya.